Hi, this is Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. There are many life changes that can happen after divorce that make it difficult or impossible to uphold requirements of your divorce decree. The orders issued in a divorce are based on the facts presented at that time, but the circumstances used in issuing those orders can obviously change. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. You are listening to The Bird Calls on the Off the Glass, Nothing But Net, and Up and Under networks. For more on your Pelicans, go to iTunes, search The Bird Calls, and subscribe today. Hey, Pels fans, it's uh, Kevin and Ollie filling in for Preston, who is obligated to do other things today. So we're going to try to carry the load for you on the bird calls. Um, we are joined by guest Mike Park, who is founder of Asian Man Records and member of many, uh, you know, influential punk ska bands throughout the years. Um, he's also a Golden State Warriors fan, lives in the Bay Area. And uh, we're going to break down this uh, upcoming matchup against Golden State. How are you doing, Mike? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me again. I appreciate no it. <laughs> I'm Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. We help men deal with the life changes triggered by divorce, such as child custody and property division, among many others. But life changes also occur after divorce. These changes can make parts of your existing court order irrelevant or harder to follow. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. We're a partner men can count on. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. Always good to have you on and to watch basketball with you. I hope you come come back to town soon and we can get you in the arena again. I definitely plan on doing it. Hey, I got to go. I see so many empty seats at these Pelican games. What's, what's going on? Well... Uh, it's still football season, so they have that. But it, it's been relatively pretty decently attended, I would say. I mean, even like the first game, it wasn't filled. The seats weren't filled, but I would say that it was a sellout. Um, but there was a lot of people. The lower bowl has been pretty steadily filled. The Brooklyn game, the the uh, upper bowl wasn't that full. And uh, what was the last game we played? Um, uh, who was that, Ollie? I'm having a blank right now. The Jazz? The jazz, yeah, yeah, and that was we had Voodoo Fest happening that weekend, and you know, so there was a lot of stuff happening in the city's Halloween weekend. So you you can't oh, ever expect true. a big turnout that that week because um, that stuff's so what, big here. What is the cost of the the cheapest nosebleed seat? You could get a five dollar ticket. <clears throat> oh my God, see that's a dream come true. You can't even go to Warrior games. When I was in in the eighties, when I was going to games in high school. The cheap ticket was five dollars, and it was awesome. The cheapest ticket at a Warrior game is seventy bucks. It's ridiculous. Oh I, re- I refuse to go. I'm not going. And when they move to San Francisco next year, the prices are going to go up. It's crazy. Yeah, they got to pay for that stadium. They're probably what double or close to it. <laughs> what, I'm so. Oh, when they move to San Francisco? Yeah. Uh, who knows? It's it's going to be. I mean, any working class person can't afford a warrior game it's it's ridiculous i i feel like this is this run's going to end eventually and when they when they're again one of the worst teams who the hell is going to go to these games anyway well, this is a good, this is a good point for this it. question <clears throat> i just i had a question i wanted to ask you because um you know you're coming from this uh punk rock underground music background and always sort of a champion of the underdog and the in the um, working class man, in the, in the, you know, the, the minority struggle, uh, how hard is it to be a fan of such consistent greatness? Uh, it wasn't until Durant came and I love Durant as a person. I like him. I like his politics and the way he views life, but it's just, it's too much. I loved it when it was all homegrown. I think I mentioned this last time I was on the show when it was Curry Thompson, Draymond, Harrison Barnes, and then, uh, Bogut at center, but was through a trade from Monte. So it felt like a homegrown team. And I was like, yeah, 173 games. This is awesome. But then when Durant came, I was like, oh, this is, this is unfair. And now they have Boogie Cousins. I'm like, oh, this is ridiculous. 
How do you envision that working out the the Cousins edition? Uh, I think there are going to be some fireworks to some degree, but I think, I mean, the team is so good. You, Cousins really can't. He he's not. He's never even played in a playoff game. Well, he, there's no room for him to act out. Um, he's playing this season to hopefully maximize a big contract. I think he's not going to be on his best behavior and. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. We'll see. I think everyone's interested how it's going to work. All right. Well, let's flip to this game that we got coming up, Mike. As we just talked off the air, we've got a lot of walking wounded for the Pels. Uh, They're going to go face Denver tonight without Anthony Davis, uh, Alfred Payton, and uh, Darius Miller. Three key guys, actually, at the rotation. So do the Pelicans have any chance whatsoever? Uh, I don't know. It's going to be a hard one, especially going to the, the high elevation in Denver. Uh, you guys would know better. Like, how how has Peyton been at point guard? Yeah, sorry, Mike. I actually meant I was talking about the Golden State Warrior. Let's say the Warrior matchup because the Nuggets oh. will have been come and gone, so we don't need to worry about that. Okay, one. we're sk- we're skipping. Okay, let's get. Uh, <laughs> I I think the best hope is that the Warriors are just not taking the game serious and they're mm-hmm. getting some bad habits. You see it often. They just especially Curry, he loves just throwing away passes. And it's, I think it just comes out of boredom because they're so good. It's like, okay, I'm going to turn it on at any time. And maybe that shot stops falling. And next thing you know, they're down double digits. Who knows? I feel like anything's possible in the NBA. Let me ask you this. Like, so, so far this season, you know, they only have one loss and that's to the Nuggets. And then they, like we were talking about off the air, they should have lost to the Jazz. And then Brooklyn also gave them a little bit of uh, trouble, even though they yeah. ended up pulling that away. Um, do you think that being big, those are all teams that have dyna- sort of dynamic big men. I mean, obviously Jared Allen isn't to the level of a Gobert, but he is maybe a Gobert in the making at some point. And then... You know, the Nuggets, while um, Jokic isn't a defender like Gobert, but he's a, a big presence in the paint and the offense runs through him. Do you think the secret to having success against the Warriors is to have a big man to play against their sort of wild ball uh, style? No. <laughs> I mean, look at look at uh, Houston's success last year. I mean, Clint Capella doesn't facilitate the offense at all, but he's a good rim protector. Actually, let me take that back. I think having a good rim protector does help because you can play up on your man trying to defend the three, knowing that if if your man, you lose your man, you have some kind of protection. So I think without Anthony Davis, it's going to be hard. There's no rim protection for the Pelicans at this point. Yeah, we don't know for sure that he's not going to play yet in that matchup, but yeah. Without him, it is definitely going to be a lot tougher. I would say. Yeah, yeah I, I don't, I don't know a weakness from the, from the Warriors' standpoint. Really, like what, what do you do when you're this good? And I think the only thing is boredom. They're just waiting for the postseason. This is just like, this is their preseason. The regular season is their preseason. But Mike, but, but Mike, we got to give some credit to Steph, right? I mean, he has come out on fire like he wants to win MVP this year. I mean, he's averaging close to, what, 34 points a game, shooting over 50% from three. He's averaging over, like, six threes a game. I mean, that dude's a fireball, and yet they've been in a lot of close matchups. And honestly, I'm looking now at their stats of all the uh, what the players have done individually. They've only got three guys uh, averaging double figures in scoring. So let's say Steph or Kevin has a really bad game. Um, Clay hasn't been hot at all to start the season. I mean, don't you think maybe if a team just comes in, piles in 120 plus points, that could be a way to beat them? That's the that. I mean, like I said, I think anybody has a. There's always a fighter's chance. Mm-hmm. Let's say if Miritich and Drew Holiday are just on fire, you just never know if someone's cold. But that's what's scary is because Clay hasn't been on fire. So mm-hmm. what if Clay yeah. gets on fire? Like, what do you do? That's the scary part about the Warriors. Yeah, it's like, or even if his step is off and Clay is off, just go okay. And then KD's on. KD's one of the top three players in basketball. Just keep giving it to him every time. The thing is, there's no, there's no egos. They don't mind. This Steph has no problem if he's off. He'll just give it to KD every time. He doesn't. It's, it's, you see these other superstars that just shoot like a John Wall. 
and they just shoot and shoot and shoot. It's like, do they even care about the, the winning aspect or do they just want to get their numbers? So I don't know. It's a scary team like from the standpoint of your, whatever your team is when you go up against the Warriors, like what's going to, it's, it doesn't look good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was I was going to say like Clay Thompson is currently shooting 13% from 3 and 39% overall and it's like what's that like to not even have to worry about that. You know, like if if Drew Holiday or Anthony Davis were having this these putting up these kind of numbers, we would be like freaking out, but you don't even sure. have to worry. Like it's amazing to have that kind of luxury on, you know, it, with a it, it is. And there's no worry. There's no n- none of the local press there's no concern. This is one of the purest shooters in the NBA. His shot still looks great. It's just not falling right now. And everything, everyone goes through these ebbs and flows of inconsistency. In Clay's case, it's it's rare because he's such a good shooter. So no one's concerned. So one thing I wanted to ask you too is from an outside perspective because we're so wrapped up in watching the team that we have um uh-huh. you've seen this pelicans and, and new orleans team because you've been coming watching games with me since we were the hornets um what what is uh and i know you've been paying attention this season because you text me almost every game <laughs> while i'm watching the game <laughs> like, man this team is great whatever you know um what is your scouting report on the pelicans right now from an outside perspective without without miles Peyton and Davis? No, include them. Include the guys. Let's make it realistic. Them. Yeah. I think it's a dynamic team. When you have all the everybody healthy, this, I think the addition of Miritich has just changed everything. And he's he's so confident with his shot right now. He There's no hesitation. He's just he'll pull up from 28 feet. It's like, oh, that's a good shot. Having that kind of – that difference maker compared to last year, well, he obviously came in – the later part of last season, but he makes, he makes everything open up for everybody. Um, the game is way easier for them. And I think that's just a big difference. And I think my, if miles is hitting a shot and they have good defense with, with more and Solomon Hill, it's a pretty deep team. I, I, I think if they just had a little bit more outside, another sharpshooter, that could just really open it up for them. Yeah. Um, well, and obviously you've got you've got Anthony Davis, which who I think is the best player in the NBA. You can do it all because he's hitting his, he's hitting the threes now. He's just he's got he's got all the tools. He's got handles now. Shoots the three, insane defensive player. Um, Post up moves, mid range shot. Like what what can't he do? Yeah, I think yeah, more than even the three is the handles that's really going to take his game to the next level. You know, like his. He's grown so much as a ball handler and passer where he couldn't really create for himself so much before or for others. And then now he's added that. It's just incredible. He's, he's, he's unstoppable with the new NBA rules. He's unstoppable. You can't. How can you guard him? He's gonna, if he's hitting his three, he's unguardable. It's, it's ridiculous. Also, he's on my fantasy team, so I'm just watching him closely. Uh, I mean, look what they did to Houston. I mean, I know it's opening night, but... Destroyed them. It was comical. Yeah, they're up twenty throughout that game, and then like you're talking against the Clippers, he showed it all. He had a couple threes. He got to the line fifteen times. I don't know how you're yeah. going to be a guy, let alone a decent team. Like you already mentioned, Miritich, and you know, as we were talking about Clay Thompson not really finding his groove. You know, Drew Holiday's actually in the same boat. While he can yeah, still, that's, that's true. Rim, he not hit his three at all, Mike. He went the first three games without even making a three. He was over for eleven, so he he's really struggling. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I'm excited. I love. I just love small market basketball. So it's like I look at the Pelicans. I'm rooting for them. I look at the Jazz. I'm rooting for them and Denver too. I think those are my three favorite teams besides the Warriors. I wish group. I lived in New Orleans so I can get cheap season tickets. Actually, I wouldn't even get season tickets. I would just get the $5 seats and move, try to sneak down. I, I just got a, a really nice air mattress, Mike. You can come hang out. <laughs> do, you have, do you have season tickets, like a full package to all? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I okay. do. Oh, that's, it's, yeah, that's a dream come true. For me to live in an NBA city, 
where it's close to my home. The problem with the Warriors also, it's an hour drive for me. And when they move to San Francisco with traffic, it's going to be even worse. So you're living my dream. I often look at the, like when I read that the Cavaliers tickets were going for as low as $2, like, oh my God, dream, dream to be a Cavs fan right now. Hey, Mike, everybody, let's talk a little bit about more about the Warriors and maybe some of the surprise guys that performed this year or maybe some of the new guys. Because everybody knows sure, sure. Steph, Kevin, and KD, of course, right. Draymond. But who have been some surprise contributors? Like, for instance, we've noticed Damian Jones. Yeah, kind of it's, it's definitely games. Damian Jones. I mean, Damian Jones barely played last year. He was bouncing back and forth in the, the G League. And I didn't even – I had no idea he had this potential. I was like, oh, maybe he's just – just a wash, and he's going to be gone. But, man, he's he's really stepped up. Um, so that's exciting. Like, okay, I thought – I didn't think – I thought Looney was going to start the season and be their main centerpiece until Cousins came in. So, yeah, this – the uh, improvement of Damian Jones is insane. I what do you, compare, big, who do you yeah. compare him to, Mike, for those that don't know him? I maybe like a Clint Capella, just uh, a, a good lob option, uh, plays really hard on the defensive end. Doesn't really have any post skills. Um, I, I would say he, he probably will shoot the ball maybe less than five times other than a lob or a tip-in. I mean, I even lower than that. I mean, I, I'd be surprised if he's shooting it more than twice a game, like in some kind of isolation. Um, all his points just come from tip-ins, lobs, hustle plays. Um, yeah, so this is like a Clint Capella type type player. Obviously, not as good. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of any who else on the roster is surprising to me. Uh, I don't know. That second unit doesn't look too good right now. <laughs> with with Quinn, how's, uh, how's Quinn? Uh, I mean, he's okay as a serviceable serviceable backup point, but I don't know. I I would think from an opposing team standpoint, if he's on the floor, it's like, uh, not, it's not such a threat versus Steph Curry. He's not a great defender. Um, well, what about I like it with, Mike, yeah, Mike, go ahead. What about Jonas it seems like he may even be stealing some of Jordan Bell's minutes because all of a sudden Bell's yeah. not like a cog anymore. Yeah, no, because Jarebko can hit the three, so he spaces the floor, um, and he's a smart player. But that's why they like Zaza so much, because Zaza was a smart player, um, even though his his skills have have lessened throughout the years. But he he could set a hard pick and bully you like crazy. But yeah, Jarebko can hit the three, and he's a smart player, so he's definitely taking away minutes from Jordan Bell. There's only so much room. <laughs> to play, and I like that pickup. I think he's a good player, and the team seems to have really embraced him. When he had that tip-in win against the Jazz, they were very excited. So, yeah, I like him. Cool. Well, listen. Um, also, wanted to ask you about. Well, we obviously know what the Warriors are going to do this season. I mean, it's impossible to imagine, especially the way Houston's looked early, that anybody's going to dethrone, dethrone them in uh from the you know top dog position in the west but what about in the east let's say let's just for i know it's october and all that but let's look towards the finals let's say they do make it there are you worried yeah. about any team in the eastern conference because milwaukee they've started off perfectly toronto looks good have you watched or seen any of these teams and do you think they should give any problems for the uh, warriors oh yeah boston for sure boston will definitely i mean but it, the thing is boston's not even playing that well right now but they're just so deep they're long it's that when you asked earlier what kind of team gives the Warriors a prob- problem, it's a team that can switch. Uh, it's a replica team like the Warriors that are all long, can switch positions. That's the Celtics. They are going to be the problem for the Warriors. Um, I like Toronto too because I think this Kawhi Leonard is so good. Um, if you look back to that, the last playoff series he played with San Antonio. But he got hurt by Zaza. I mean, they were up by like 20 points when he went down. And he was, he just dominated that game. He just <laughs> controlled the game. I like Kawhi Leonard a lot. Uh, 
sucks that he left the Spurs because I, I like Popovich so much. But uh, uh, yeah, Toronto. I think Toronto could be a, a really good team too. Well, you guys got Giannis. You're going to have a look at him, I think, in a couple couple was it days or in about a week's time because yeah, they're coming up on your schedule. That would be a fun one to go to. Yeah, it would I, I I like Giannis a lot. I just don't I don't like the rest of the supporting cast. I don't like Bledsoe at all. I I just I feel like Milwaukee definitely doesn't have a supporting cast to support. You don't like Middleton? I do like Middleton. He's on my fantasy team too. So yeah, yeah. I like Middleton. That sounds uh, but like, that sounds I mean, like if you look at a as a whole. I mean, I, I mean, I think they could win forty-seven games. I mean, there's no way they're gonna they're gonna beat the Celtics. I don't think in, in if they do face off in the playoffs. Um, but yeah, good team. I just don't think not one of my favorite teams. Um. I got um, a couple of uh, like sort of NBA bigger picture questions to ask you. Um, I I always think about this. Um, You were, you're a, you know, a touring musician for like, what, like 30 years now. Um, (laughs) How, how much do you think fans take uh, NBA travel for granted? Like how much harder do you think it is to really live a life where you're constantly on the road? Um, do you, do you think it's this, this is a great question because they're traveling in such style. Think about having your own private jet. I can't even imagine. I feel like it, it's 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 overrated to travel. I think it's so easy. If I was able to travel that way to play shows, it'd be like a vacation. I, I understand. It, I mean, it's it's not as easy as being home, but man. Think of a punk musician's lifestyle of traveling from city to city with no days off in a van and oftentimes sleeping in strangers on the floor of a stranger's home. That is hard traveling. So it's not overrated. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's the dream come true. My dream job, I would take over music is to be like the fifth assistant coach on the Pelicans. <laughs> All I had to do was maybe my job was to keep track of foul totals. That would be the best job. Get to ride on the jet, stay in the fanciest hotels. Oh, great seats to every game. How can I get that job? That's what I want to do. I'll trade in. I'll trade Asian man. <laughs> um, and another one I have is um, like, I, I don't know if you've seen, but <clears throat> Nike's released some of these uh, new city edition jerseys for teams, and several of them are music inspired. Like that, uh, Brooklyn has a Biggie inspired jersey, and uh, Minnesota has a Prince inspired jersey. Um, if the Warriors were ever to go that route, where they would pay homage to a musician from the Bay Area, who would you hope it would be, or who do you think it would be? Man, probably like Carlos Santana, but I they'd probably go the <laughs> the wrong route and get like. MC Hammer, <laughs> something like that. Uh, I maybe like the Grateful Dead, even. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, so it would definitely. No, I think. No way, y'all gonna get a Gilman in. Street one, huh? What's that? A Gilman Street inspired jersey. Oh, that would be amazing. Oh, <laughs> even maybe like Green Day or something too, or Metallica. I mean, there's there's a lot of options in the Bay Area. But that's kind of cool. I like the idea of the Timberwolves having a Prince jersey. Yeah, the Biggie one's really cool. I like that one. Oh. Who would New Orleans do? Uh, we'd do the wrong one, too, I'm sure. But uh, <laughs> it would be cool if they did, like, uh, I mean, you know, I, I think since basket, like, basketball is still, like, a struggling culture here in a way. I mean, it's accepted more than it's ever been at this point. Um, but since it's come here... Like, I'd say hip-hop is the biggest influence locally in the culture. Like, sure, you have all these old jazz greats like Louis Armstrong, uh-huh. Professor Longhair, or, you know, even somebody like Alan Toussaint, who would be acceptable um, things to reference. But I think if you're really trying to connect to modern culture and modern basketball culture, you know, either the Cash Money or No Limit uh, crew is, uh, you know, that was that was a huge movement. 
that came out of New Orleans. And I think that would be the way to go. And I think it would tie in perfectly with current NBA culture. And I think they would sell a ton of those jerseys. So that's what I would hope for. But I think that they would probably choose something completely wrong. We just saw, um, they just released the ones that they're going to have this year. And and it's once again, another Mardi Gras inspired Jersey, which I'm totally over and tired of. (laughs) This design is much better than the past. Like it looks pretty nice. I, I think it looks cool, but like I'm just so I have such Mardi Gras fatigue. It's ridiculous. I don't know how you I, feel about this one. Well, I can imagine, especially being from New Orleans, being from New Orleans, like oh gosh, that's all people know us as is this Mardi Gras drunken fiasco of a city. But yeah, there's a lot more in New Orleans than that. I got a question before I forget. So I know last year I was harping on you about Boogie Cousins. I hate Cousins. I've always hated them. And you're you're so gung ho on cousins, like oh, it's, he's great for the team. I was like, oh no, no, no. What's your opinion on cousins now? As as a member of the Pelicans, if he was healthy versus having Meritage? Well, my opinion is, I think Boogie Cousins is a um, an amazing player. I think he's uh-huh. an incredible player, and I think the plan to try to do something different where everybody was going small and we went really big was a smart thing to do because uh-huh. you're not going to beat or really be able to compete with the Warriors with anything that resembles what they're doing. You have to find sure, something sure. that's different. And I think also everybody is trying to emulate that. And so if you're different and everybody's prepared to play teams that are smaller, playing on the perimeter, you know, you have a disadvantage every night. Uh, you know, you, you create a disadvantage every night. And I think that's very smart. Now, I think the way that we played Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins together didn't ex- completely maximize that pairing. I think we should have been focused more on attacking the glass and having Boogie play more inside. Now, you could say mm-hmm. that's a, a problem from coaching or a problem from Boogie just not buying into what they were saying. We've heard both. Sure. versions of that story and we won't know what the real answer is but i think that pairing could have been a dynamic pairing um that would have worked had all the other things clicked properly now having hindsight after boogie went down and then having miritich come in and now especially with the addition of randall um one of i was always a harsh critic of alvin gentry um Uh and i think in ways i you know obviously i was wrong about him but in ways i think i was a little bit right about him in the sense that he's kind of a system guy and like when things fit a system it works perfectly and boogie did not fit that system of playing extremely fast and um and sharing the ball um whereas when you got miritich in there and now a guy like randall who's super athletic who can run and who can pass and is gonna be the guy that wants to play inside and facilitate from there I think this roster fits what he wants to do better. And I think that's why we look a lot better. I'm not saying that we could, that Boogie could be as good as these guys or these guys could, or, or worse than what Boogie was. It's just hard to say because uh, this, the system that was in place didn't maximize those other guys, but it maximizes these guys. So I just think it's still different. Um, now this, now that it's all clicking and you have the right personnel to go with the right system, it's a lot more fun to watch and it's a very exciting brand of basketball. Um, so there's that aspect of it as well. So I don't, I just don't think that we're, we'll ever be able to answer that question properly because of the way things worked out. Um, but I don't have any harsh feelings towards Boogie. I mean, we've heard things that happened in the background that, you know, you have to expect we're going to happen with, when you bring Boogie over because of the kind of personality and the history that he's had. Um, yeah. But he was a great player and he's still a great player. And, uh, you know, I don't have any ill will towards him. I'm very happy with the way this team is structured. I think it's the best supporting cast from top to bottom that Anthony Davis has had since he's been here and the best system and the best teammates he's had to maximize him as being the face of the franchise and being the, you know, to elevate him to the status of being best in the NBA, or at least, you know, somebody that you can't not talk about all the time um, on center or talk radio or whatever. Like it's the team that clearly makes him the best, but you have these guys that aren't necessarily 
um, superstars that are going to take away from him. They're they're more like super role players that just maximize his abilities. Um, so yeah, I think. What, yeah, I was curious about like like Solomon Hill. Like, what's his role? He, he got such a big contract. Is he is he consistently going to be able to hit the three, like the open three for them? Ali, you want to jump in on that one since I had a long rant there? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that's what everybody wants to see, Mike. That's what Del Dems was hoping was that this guy's going to be not only a good, versatile defender, but add some offensive flavor with both passing and shooting the deep ball. Because that's what he did against the Toronto Raptors a few or three years ago now in the playoffs. And everybody kind of was thinking, hey, maybe we'll get this version of solo. Hasn't happened, dude. And I don't think it will happen. I think that right now, I think a lot of people would agree with me when I say it seems like that the coaching staff is forcing uh, minutes upon him as to where he's uh, being And there's better options on the bench, or at least you should go and look in a different direction because he's not performing very well. Um, that's too bad. He's shooting 30% from the floor and 33 from three. But the biggest thing you want to look at is he's not shooting any shots. He's not looking for anything. And he's never been able to really create on his own. So he's almost like a liability. You need to have somebody that's a threat. Otherwise, it's four on five. And that's what we're kind of seeing. And we're not seeing that world-class defense. So, no, he's probably drawn uh, the biggest ire of all the fans around here. Um, I, I know you, you can't relate to the Golden State Warrior, dude. But, yeah, it hasn't <laughs> been fun. I think one thing, too, is that he's sort of been used in, improperly. In my opinion, like – they're using him a little bit as a as a small small ball four, which I don't think we should really even go to small ball fours because we're getting away from uh, what our advantage is of having these big men. That's why we got uh, Jaleel Okafor and you know other guys like that that you can constantly have two quality big men on the floor at all times, and you putting uh, Hill in a position where he has to guard a bigger man and he just has trouble with that, and he's never been a rebounder. But I think. You know, in fairness to Hill, you you cited those numbers that sound terrible shooting-wise. But the last three games, you have to say, he's had had moments of solid play. I just think they still need to cut him back, which is, you know, a tough thing to say when a guy's getting paid 10. He doesn't fit the system. You know, you were just talking about Cousins, how he didn't fit, right? Solomon Hill is an obvious eyesore when you look at everybody else out there. That's all. Um, I'm not trying to take him. He's a great guy. He could probably fit much better on a different team, though. And I think we have to acknowledge that. Wesley Johnson comes in, hasn't even played, but I think this was his second game against the Jazz on Saturday. And he makes a couple threes. In the other game, he had a couple steals in the block. You know, he had a bigger impact in like just 20 minutes as to where Hill's played almost, I guess, 100 minutes. And he's had a bigger impact. So, you know, I, I can't support that. That he yeah. keeps Do you, do you think Wesley on. Johnson will be in the, the regular rotation? Uh, he will with all these injuries, Mike. You know, yeah. there's going to be a bunch of guys you'll see, like, for instance, against Denver tonight. We'll probably see Frank Jackson, who we're all excited about. Jaleel Okafor, who, you know, you're kind of hoping that he can go and reclaim some of his glory coming out of Duke. So, you know, that's... Can he that's play defense at all? What was Okafor? that? Can Okafor play defense at all? We'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he hasn't, more? Much, he hasn't had much How change, is- you know? Yeah. And but he did rebuild his body and, and he seems really committed. So like, you know, there's some hope there. Right. What I think I, I'm, I'm, I'm a lot better. I think actually he'll be decent. I think he, he can be average defensively. I guess the hope is he comes in and he can provide like ten points off the bench and like, yeah, know, like, like fifteen canter. minutes off the bench. And, and he's a beast forward, dude. He's he's been a beast so far because he's moving so well and he's so much bigger than everybody out there. I mean, in fourteen wow. minutes against the Jazz, he grabbed six rebounds. And he was playing volleyball on the offensive glass. So let's see that second unit. They have Randall and Okafer in. Who's playing? Is who's playing the center position? Is it usually Randall or? I think if Randall and I don't think they'll play Randall and Okafor together much. But if they do, I would say that Okafor is going to be the center. On okay, that. so they they try to stagger them. Okafor hasn't played much in terms of like in the actual like real for deal rotation. He hasn't really got, he's been, you know, he came in uh, in garbage time and, you know, both times he's been in the game really has mainly been garbage time so far. But I think, you know, tonight we'll see him more because of Anthony Davis being out. Um, They're going to have more. 
and oh, back to what good. I was saying about Wesley Johnson. I mean, if you're going to go with a small ball four, at least go with him because he can at least shoot the corner three. I mean, you're playing if you're playing Solomon Hill as a small ball four, he's not even giving you that what you're looking for from a small ball four. So, yeah. How was how was Moore as a as a starting small forward? Is he providing? Does he provide energy for the team? You know, I I the thing is I'm only watching highlights mostly, so he'll get his like eight points. So I don't know like what's his upside. Um, well, uh, upside to me is the fact that he's a perfect like fourth or fifth option and they can plug him in. He'll do anything that they ask and he'll at least be average in it. Uh, but okay. for the Pelicans, what the biggest thing, Mike, he provides, is he can shoot the three really well. And okay. then, of course, with us trying to always move, trying to cut ball movement, all that stuff, he's perfect for it because he's got one of the best floater games in the NBA that nobody seems. Oh. So That's I think great. he's a perfect fit. But as far as a starting small forward, no, we've all known this, Kevin. I mean, we've all talked about throughout last year. You know, it was a role he's not designed to play simply because he's undersized, overmatched, and doesn't have, you know, the athletic ability, all that stuff of the real starting small forwards across the league. Is he able to create his own shot? Is he a threat, like, off the dribble? A little bit, yeah, yeah. He's, he's not – I mean, he's not, like, a dynamic ball handler, but he has enough tools to be able to do that. And like Ali said, you know, he's really – he's got a really nice uh, layup game and his floaters are really good. So he's able to, like, you know, pump fake and then uh, drive off the off the dribble and uh, get in the middle of the lane and, and, you know, create a shot for himself and stuff like that or a sidestep and hit a three. Um, he's got enough little tools like that. But, you know, like – like he was saying, if we could ever find like a legit small forward, you know, he would move to the bench and be the, you know, in a three guard lineup off the bench or play more of his natural uh, role as a, um, as a shooting guard. Well, it's an exciting team. I'm really, I, I just ended my league pass. My wife's like, you got to cut some of these costs. <laughs> so I'm not able to watch the full games anymore, which is a bummer, but maybe that's a good thing. I'm not spending all my time watching basketball. But I'm definitely the Pelicans are one of my one of my teams. Like I said, Denver, New Orleans, Utah. And the Warriors, <laughs> of course. But I like I like the small market ball. Um and the, I feel like all three teams are good. Okay, before we let you go, Mike, I do want to ask you real quick. You probably yeah. saw of course uh, the 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 video where they were poking fun at Fergie's rendition of the national anthem. What do you think yeah. of it? Than being silly. I mean, the national her rendition was so bad. <laughs> I feel bad for her because she she felt like so good about it. She's like, oh man, I'm like, I'll be like the modern era Marvin Gaye of doing the national anthem, but it was just so bad. Uh, I I think that's just a good example. Of the Warriors is having fun. Another there's so much continuity on that team. So that's, yeah, that's what I have to say about I'm, that. I, the way I look at it, is I think it's like a sign of how well things are going. Because I don't know if you remember, but last year they started off four and three, and then they had rough patches throughout the year. And although, of course, they won the finals, but and when everybody's looking back, they said that there wasn't that harmony that you wanted to see in a locker room at all times. Do you think it's different this year? It's hard to tell after these few games, but I think they've always had good harmony. They're so loose. There's and I think they understand each other's temperaments they know Draymond's a, a hot head and when Cousins does play I think he'll be able to fit in with the system even if even if he's you know he's already got a technical <laughs> how do you play he got thrown out of the game how funny was it, that it was amazing actually I thought that was pretty funny um team is just so good Kevin Durant's so good how do you stop him oh I guess you just remind me of something else I did want to ask you how real is the fear that Kevin Durant's going to leave after this year? Do you care? I mean, I guess it's there. And the funny thing is I'm probably the only one who's hoping he does leave. I just want some kind of even playing field. I wouldn't mind him leaving. I, I think he'd, he'd, he'd realize how hard it is without Steph and Clay and Draymond to win another championship. And I think the Warriors would be fine. I just want it to be competitive. I don't want a 4-0 finals. And even, even throughout the playoffs, in this four-year run of them going to the finals, I think they've lost like seven games. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. 
It's, it's no fun. I just want good basketball. I want close basketball. I don't want an all-star team versus whomever, the Phoenix Suns. Like like watching, to... watching anyone against the Phoenix Suns is hard to watch. They're so bad. <laughs> Mike, all I got to say is that you better pack up and grab your wife and move to Kevin's and take up his offer on sleeping on the floor or anything. Because I think all yeah. Oakland and San Francisco is going to be after you now. Ah, <laughs> uh, I, I got it. No problem there. <laughs> yes, I, 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 anyway, the, the bottom line, I just like basketball. I love basketball. I love close, I love close games. I just like there to be some kind of even keel. Look, I mean, look at the Cavs without LeBron James. <laughs> it's insane. It's the same team. Take off one player, the worst team in basketball, them and the Suns. But anyway, yeah, I'm definitely going to come to New Orleans. I'm going to, I'm going to go to some games and uh, eat a lot of food. So, hey, I, got, I just got a, I got a couple more questions for you, real quick. Yeah, yeah. I know Last sure. time we had you on, um, you know, you were talking about how uh, you used to not like, and you recently had a post about this on Instagram and Twitter. Um, you how you used to not like LeBron James, but now you like love him for his, you know, his, his, uh, progressive uh, politics. Yeah. His, his progressive politics and his willingness to use his platform to speak out about stuff like that. And, um, lately there's been several NBA players who have spoken a lot about, um, anxiety and mental health issues. And I've noticed that you have talked about that a lot on, on, so on your social media platform. Um, how important do you think, those sort of topics are to be discussed from people from, you know, that like people like them and people like you that, you know, you have a fan base looking up to. And also, do you think that these types of discussions about um, anxiety and mental health will affect how people critique athletes and performers if they are more aware of the vulnerabilities they have and stuff like that? Well, so part one, I think it's, the mo- it's so important. If you have a voice that is influential upon like in LeBron's case, millions and millions of people use that voice, whether it be for something you agree with or disagree with. If you have a voice, it's your prerogative. Even like Kanye West having a voice. It's not something I agree with, but it's his right, and he's using it. Um, in LeBron's case, it's everything I agree with. Uh, and that's why I didn't like Michael Jordan, because he didn't use his voice. It was about – I felt like he was – he was and still is the most influential athlete in the world. Never used his voice for social justice issues. Never took the Muhammad Ali stance of, of being what I think, you know, I'm not African-American, but being that soldier for the African-American people and relaying the message that there is true inequality out there. So LeBron, I mean, I hated him when he made the, the decision to go to Miami. I mean, I just I remember when they played Dallas in the finals, just hating him and being so happy he lost. But now it's just it's crazy how much I just respect him as a person um, and as a basketball player. Um, and then the second part of your question, in terms of mental health issues, I, I sure hope it does change. I, I, I hope people are more respectful and realize because you're in the public eye doesn't mean you could, and just being able to this era of being able to go on Twitter or any social social media outlet and voice your opinion and be a critic and bully people, it's very prevalent. Um, it's not healthy. I know it's not healthy for me because I'll read, I'll start reading threads about athletes and people just bashing them, wishing the worst upon them. Uh, I don't know if that will ever change, but I do like the idea of of athletes like Kevin Love coming out and saying and telling people this is what I've been dealing with and um, and not afraid of being viewed as this invincible athlete. So I think it's great. Cool. And then um, drifting away a little bit from basketball, because I do want to talk about what you have going on a little bit. Um, like last time you were on here, you didn't really want to talk music. You mostly wanted to talk basketball, but tell us a little bit about your new band. Uh, I'm going to try to pronounce this right. So correct me if I get it wrong. OG Kubo station. Um, And you just put out a new full length called we can pretend like, and the record has some local new Orleans ties. So can you tell us a little bit about that? 
sure. It's actually pronounced Ogikubo Station. It's a station in Tokyo that uh, I had an office, Asian man office there, and that was the that was my stop. And I always thought it would be a cool band name. Um, it's me and this woman named Maura Weaver who lives in New Orleans, newly transplanted New Orleans uh, person. She uh, started dating this guy Zach Quinn, who's uh, born and raised New Orleans gentleman who plays in a band called The Pairs. And so uh, she moved to New Orleans and she loves it. And so I've gotten that New Orleans connection now. I'm in. <laughs> you want to tell us anything about this record? <laughs> it's really good. It's, it's great. It's the best record ever. Oh, it's a good record. I like it. I mean, who's going to bash their own music? I truly think the songs are great. I'm proud of it. I've done a lot of music. This is one of the records where I feel like, man, this might be the best thing I've ever done. Um, so at this stage of my life, I'm just just doing music for fun. And I realize, you know, I'm never going to be top of the charts. Um, I'm fine with that. If it happened, I wouldn't mind, but it ain't going to happen. I just, I'm just <laughs> excited to be able to still play music and tour the world and small amounts of people still come out and see me and it frees up all this time to watch basketball. So it's all good. <laughs> and then I have one last question. Um, also like I'm a huge fan of smoking popes and they are playing here on November 10th at Santos with friends of mine, the, the band high. Um, and that's right after we play the Phoenix Suns. So you can go watch the Phoenix Suns game and then go to that show afterwards. Um, that, that is and, a dream game. I always want to go like, that's going to be the least attended game on the Pelican schedule. Well, it's There's a Saturday a game. night, so it might be, it might be, uh, you oh. know, kind of, but, um, it would be a Tuesday night versus the Phoenix Suns would be the dream game. <laughs> I think I've taken you to that exact matchup, actually. Um, I did. Anyway. You know, we saw we saw the Warriors. Oh, dude! Uh, yeah. Mark Jackson's last season. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, um. <laughs> yeah, and you were you were super excited because we had Lou Amundsen on our team. I remember that. Um, oh God, he's. But anyway, he's, he's not <laughs> back to the the question at hand. You <laughs> you've put out Asian Man Records released the latest Smoke and Popes record. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about that record and how the relationship started with them and what we should expect and why people should go check out this show after? Sure. Smoke and Popes are an older band. They were in in the '90s when major labels were signing every band. They were one of the bands that were signed in this like punk free for all. Um, but they had a unique sound. The singer kind of sounded like a cross between Morrissey and Kermit the Frog. Uh, but it doesn't sound as bad as you think. He's got an angelic voice. And even Morrissey came out and said, this is the best band in America right now. Um, bands like Jawbreaker, they did the Jawbreaker Dear You tour when they came out. So they, it's a very well-respected band. Um, never made it to the crossover level of mainstream um popularity but they had they definitely had their fans uh if you like like mid-tempo pop punk um it was kind of like an indie player like even like a super chunk type of vibe this is this is the band and it's, it's all original members uh three brothers josh eli matt caterer and mike felimley the original drummers back behind the kit great guitarists great musicians great great voice Probably the most polished voice in punk. Um, so yeah, if you have a chance to see this band, I would go do it. Everyone usually skips over New Orleans in the punk scene, so it's a good chance to see one of the best. All right. Well, that's a game you should put on your calendar to try to come see because I will have an extra ticket for that one for sure. Um, yeah, I got a I got a wedding that day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately no but i'm gonna look i'm gonna i'm gonna look at uh i'm always on the mailing list for frontier they always have these crazy sales so once i see that sale i'm coming cool I'm um <laughs> ollie you have any other questions no man i just want to say thanks mike thanks a lot man i'm glad to hear that you're having some success and fingers crossed for your new album oh thanks i appreciate it and uh 
again, I'm excited about the Pels. Like Kevin said, I'm texting them all the time, watching this, especially opening night. That was that was awesome. <laughs> I hope we get to see the full lineup, though, because I would love to see, you know, Alfred, AD, and Darius all playing against the Warriors that day. Because you're right, I want to see competitive basketball. And without it, man, it's, it's going to be tough to watch. Exactly. And, and again, going back to last season, when the Pelicans played the Warriors in the playoffs, that was the only series where local press was worried. They were worried about the Pelicans. They're like, they could, they could cause some problems. And, you know, they only won one. They did win one game, but uh, that was two. exciting to read. Two. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't get any no. damn whistles in <laughs> that one game. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, hey you guys, thanks again for having me, and uh, hopefully I'll, I'll see you guys in New Orleans. Cool, man. All right, so All right, thank you guys uh, for listening, and please follow us and follow Mike. Um, it's at Mike Park Music, correct, and at Asian Man Records for your Twitter handles. That is correct, and Instagram. Okay, and Instagram, and then Ollie, of course, is at Ollie Cosell, and I'm at Kevin B for Bounce, and we missed Preston a lot. He could have streamline this a lot better for us but we hope hope you stuck through with uh ali and i uh trying to make this work thank you guys thank you for listening to the bird calls on the off the glass nothing but net and up and under podcast networks if you like what you're hearing please take a moment to rate us on itunes retweet share with your friends and most importantly subscribe today Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Geico presents yet another voicemail from your roommate. Hi. So, about the kitchen. Turns out when there's a grease fire, you're not supposed to throw water on it. (laughs) Who would have known, right? Anyways, the fire department is here and it's totally cool. Give me a call back when you get a chance. The Geico Insurance Agency could help keep your personal property protected, like if danger is your roommate's middle name. Visit geico.com to see how easy it is to switch and save on renter's insurance.